the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. The views and opinions expressed by Rob Black and his guests are not necessarily those of KDOW or its management owners or advertisers and should not be construed as legal tax or investment advice. Always consult with the appropriate advisor before making any investment or financial planning decision. So one of the things I used to love was watching Dave Letterman. And I miss him. I grew up watching him in high school. He was iconic to me. He was what I wanted to be. He was from Indiana that got to New York. In my head, I was in Indiana, and I wanted to get to New York. He represented that to me. He represented, you know, just that that brilliance of of of, of talent and effort equals results. One of the things that he did at the end of his shows when he had music, musicians on, he'd go over and say hello to them. It was always interesting because you'd get to see him like fawn over Bruce Springsteen. You get to see some new music acts that came to late night for the very first time. You get their first appearance ever. Comics got their first appearance ever. But when Letterman would talk to them, it was like one of those unscripted moments that you got to see into. And Letterman once came up to Edward Sharp and Magnetic Zeros after their first TV appearance. And if you don't know Ed Sharp and the Magnetic Zeros, go Google the song Home. It's one of my favorite songs because I grew up without a home. I grew up in a very dysfunctional family with an alcoholic dad who didn't know how to be a dad. So I had brothers who were dads, and that creates a crazy amount of dysfunction right there. But here's Edward Sharp and Magnetic Zeros. And they're an American band. That is so American, and they are from L.A., and they are so from L.A. They have a story as bad that he was sent from another planet to come save our planet. And he's going to do it, and he has the power to do it. So he's like a Jesus from another planet, but he keeps falling in love with women, and it messes up the whole plan. So after Edward Sharp and Magnetic Zero is played on Letterman, and you have to see the broadcast, YouTube it. See, when I'm talking about digital media channels, YouTube, a performance from the past. I like, for instance, Saturday Night Live music acts. I like seeing what they did, but I don't want to actually watch TV anymore. I want to watch what they did the next day on YouTube. This is Edward Sharp and Magnetic Zeros. And after the appearance, Letterman goes up to him, and he doesn't know what the hell just happened. Letterman's perplexed. He doesn't know how to sum it up. The guy just goes up in the, in the stands, and he's giving high fives to fans, and like he's he's making eye contact with people, he's hugging people, and he's like, Letterman's like, you're 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 supposed to be in his head. I could see it. He's like, you're supposed to be on stage doing a show, and coming over and saying thank you to me, and, and I had a nice time. Thank you for having me on. And the guy goes up and he's hugging people, and Letterman goes, you got a lot going on. And that's going to be the theme of today. We got a lot going on in real estate. We got home supply issues in the Bay Area. Demand. It's there. It's definitely there in the South. I think everyone in America is moving to the South. We got loan limit issues. We got you make more money if you buy a cheap house than if you buy an expensive house. Tony Mendez from the Mendez Report is here. Good day. Uh, good day. 
talking about Jay-Z and Beyonce, who, I don't know, I don't really care about, but for some reason we're going to talk about because it's fascinating. You and I were talking about property taxes, and I want to buy another home in California, and then I keep talking myself out of it because of property taxes. And then you're like, do you know what Jay-Z just did? Yeah, he's, yeah, $91,000 a month in property taxes. Pay $91,000 in property taxes. That doesn't sound conceivable. His mortgage payment is probably $260,000 a month. Remember the Princess Bride, the guy who goes, inconceivable. <laughs> it's not conceivable. $90,000 a month in property taxes? So let's talk about it. He owns two acres in Bel Air, which is in California, Southern California. He's married to a very beautiful woman, Beyonce. They have a crazy prenup. Um... They bought a house for $88 million? Yep. Okay, let's let's digest that for a second. <laughs> Can you imagine being the real estate agent on that? He's retired, I'm sure. <laughs> Fair enough. Or the loan broker who's like, in real estate, it's, it's kind of crazy because the real estate agent makes a cut when you buy and sell. And the mortgage person makes a cut when you buy and sell. Um, so having those... Title little, company, the taxes, transfer taxes... Wow. The, See, I would have thought title was just a flat servicer, fee. The mortgage the lender is making money, not only the broker, but the lender. Maybe the stager made some money. There's a lot of money in that transaction. There's a lot of money in that transaction. Yep. Uh, property taxes being one of them. $91,000 a month. That's a one and a quarter, just what I'm just estimating. Yeah. Uh, and there's no loopholes in that that you know of. There's probably loopholes, but we don't know of them. You have to be part of the Illuminati to get the loopholes. Which I'm not part of the Illuminati because I stress about this stuff. My property tax right now, it's well, it, almost $14,000 a year. And I can go to other cities and rent a house for that per year. Not quite the house that I want to be in, not quite the city that I want to be in, but. Well, there's just some added stress too. And now that uh, what they call salt state and local taxes could be eliminated or reduced significantly as far as a deduction on your tax returns if you itemize. And and adds a little bit more stress when you're looking at, I don't know, about a million, dollars, million five, maybe I should get a million two instead. Um, the upper end has a little bit more inventory. Uh, there's another story about how uh, lower end homes are doing much, much better as far as, as far as appreciation is concerned. It's almost double what the upper third of home prices are doing. And then you have to pay a little bit more in taxes. You may not get as many deductions as far as your mortgage interest. Well, so there's a little bit of stress coming along. Let's stay on property taxes. Yeah. Because I think that's fascinating to think about. And a lot of the people that I know who are not Illuminati, but who are upper end income, they struggle in California. Um, I don't know how, you know, my favorite bartender, I don't know how he makes ends meet. My favorite waitress, I don't know how she makes ends meet. Like, I don't get it. Inconceivable. What a great movie, by the way. So that one holds up well. 20 years old, I think. It's got to be older than that. Yeah. So is it 20? Something like that. I think it's got to be more than that. Inconceivable. So property taxes are a big question in the Bay Area. And the whole Prop 13, I'm not going to say I hate old people. I want to put them on a wood chipper. I think they'd all deserve to die. They're hurting the state because the emails are already starting to come. You're darn tootin'. Johnny Carson, you have a story on Johnny Carson. Oh, he's selling his property for, what, 60? He's dead. Oh, he's a state selling 61 million 
So somebody's going to pay, you know, let's just say $60,000 a month in taxes, something like that. Yeah. Uh, to buy that property. Um, a lot of people are surprised when you. And he was probably paying six bucks. I thought, I thought NBC built that house for him. Oh, I have no clue about this. Yeah. yeah. Beautiful house. I took a look at it online yesterday. Okay. Right on the beach in Malibu. He was pretty interesting because he was considered, um, what I can tell you, what I know about him compared to Dave Letterman. He was considered just a jerk when he wasn't on air. He was nasty. He was mean. He was a womanizer. He was like, he was a bad person. But on TV, what did he come across as? The greatest person on the planet. So, and I I don't have any stories like Bob Hope. I'm not going to turn Bob Hope into the devil, but Johnny Carson was the devil off camera. Property taxes. Can you imagine $90,000 a month and his police service is just like my police service? Prop 13. I'm Rob Black, talking all things financial, money, investing, and more. Find me online at Rob Black Show, Twitter, Rob Black Show, YouTube, Rob Black Show. Find Tony Mendez if you need a uh, mortgage. He's my mortgage guy. You can find him at BayAreaLoanSource.com. That's BayAreaLoanSource.com. Catch Rob Black and Rob Black and Your Money live on the Bay Area Airwaves. Weekday mornings from 7 to 9 on AM 1220 KDOW and streaming live on the KDOW radio app or KDOW.biz. And don't forget the weeknight replay at 7. Hi, I'm Rob Black. You're not. I do a financial radio show. Please tell friends about it and spread the word. There's a podcast out there. It's on Apple. Whoa. Business Week once called it one of the top 10 most important podcasts, financial podcasts in history of financial podcasts, which basically means it's 130% true. I'm really tall in a small basketball league. Does that make me a a great player? I am kind of a big deal. I'm kind of a big deal. I'm kind of a big deal. Uh, I, I like scotch. You know, what's funny. I work for a station that's on the conservative side, to say the least. They took my scotch, scotch, scotch in my I belly, belly, belly. I love they keep scotch. deleting it scotch, from my scotch, records. Scotch. So it's tough down, to play. Down into my belly. They don't like me playing this. So guess what I'm playing? <laughs> I'm very important. So one of my good friends, his name is Mark Dannon. And today's theme of the show is there's a lot going on. One of my best friends lived in Napa, and as you probably have heard through the news, there was a big fire in Napa not that long ago in Sonoma uh, that burned down a lot of homes in Santa Rosa in Napa. Um, a lot of homes, and he was literally fighting fires with his neighbors coming up the hill. He lived on a hill. He lived in a beautiful home. It was a very Spanish-style home. When all was said and done and the fires go out, he's like, I'm moving. I quit. So he was a TV anchor that I worked with, and he quit on the spot. He was going to quit. One year, five years, seven years, 10 years. He knew he was going to retire. You know, he's 50-ish on the younger side of that. But in his head, he he snapped. And that was his time to go. So he now lives in Scottsdale. And I go, any regrets about quitting too soon? He goes, I have a big regret. He texted me that we didn't move sooner. Arizona is like California was in the 1980s. Great infrastructure, great schools. Retail is alive and well here. I'm sad to say that California is broken. Tony and I, Tony from BayAreaLoanSource.com, talked a little bit about you know getting loans in the area, and I'm not trying to hurt your business by discouraging people, but California is kind of broken on a lot of levels. It's it's turning into those who have and those who don't have, and there's not a lot in the middle. And if you don't, you, you're going to make a lot of sacrifices. Um, 
I don't get it. I don't know where school teachers live. I don't know. I once took my kids. I won an auction, which I paid way too much money for. I won an auction to a fire station. We go to the fire station. These are the greatest people on the planet in Redwood, uh, short, uh, Redwood City. Greatest fire department I've ever been to. Greatest human beings. Every single one of them lives in Stockton. And I'm like, wait, wait, you're protecting the houses that I live in, but you can't live in the houses that I live in. You live in Stockton. Um, and it kind of works for a firefighter and firefighters have kind of a, a great advantage of they work three days on three days off, three days on three days off. I don't have it totally right, but the greatest people in the world, the people that I want to be my kids heroes live in Stockton. Yeah, we just did a, a loan for a firefighter who moved to Tahoe. And the biggest and he, he Richard in the planet, Tahoe. the biggest Richard in the planet lives on my street. You've yeah. got to be kidding me. <laughs> so it's broken in a way. You know, a lot of the there's some programs that are meant for teachers and educators and firefighters and so on. But educators, the, <laughs> that's the biggest douche thing of um, the year. <laughs> anyway, uh, they just don't quite my kids school. You have to call the teachers educators and the students aren't students. They're learners. What's wrong with California? Let's start right there. <laughs> Maybe not. <laughs> <laughs> Let's start right there. Your educator, I love her. She's fantastic. But let's start right there. Uh, it's it's a tough decision to become a teacher and not be able to live in the community that you teach in, or a firefighter, or um, even a policeman. Uh, one of the f- stories that I remember from probably 2012, 2013, that kind of made local news was uh, a couple that they were both teachers living in San Francisco and their rent was going up, up, up uh, to the point where they ended up having to move out to like Vallejo or something like that. And I think it's called Vallejo. Vallejo. And uh, they still taught in San Francisco, but they had to do the commute and they added another hour or so onto their trip both ways. And um, just so they could afford to live and they still rented, uh, which was crazy. And so where are the teachers going to live? Um, A lot of the I meet a lot of people and we do a lot of transactions over the years. And some of the teachers that we run into are, are, um, are older. They're either retired or they're an older and they've been in the real estate business for a lot. And they live in these homes that they bought. I mean, I've shoot. I did one where a teacher, they bought their house at $88,000 and it was worth 1.5. So is a teacher going to buy that house? Probably not. Um, there's not a lot of affordable housing going up. In fact, most of the housing being built right now is for the upper end. It's uh, another story that we've been talking about for uh, many months and many years about California and how builders are not focusing on affordable housing. So, And, and with rents as high as they are, it's it's very difficult. I, can you imagine your teacher having to, to uh, live with two or three other people just to live in the community? It's um, It doesn't really match up with the image that I have for a teacher. Um, you, you'd hope that they're um, doing very well and paid handsomely enough to live in your community and be part of your community. And that's not going to be the case moving forward. So it's interesting. They just said most of the housing is um, leaning towards the, the higher end. Cause here's a story that says housing trends favor builders focused on entry level homes on a nationwide level. We're getting it right. My friend, Mark Dannon, who up and moved Flagstaff, he took a kid out of high school in the middle of the year and moved to Flagstaff, he was so broken by the fires. He didn't want to see it. He didn't want to see destruction anymore. He didn't want to. Sp- 
no more 10% state income tax, no more 10% uh, retail tax. Like he's gone. And the trends for a growing economy, solid job market, low unemployment rates and low mortgage interest rates have helped drive demand for home ownership. Um, and yet we're still seeing this, this divide, but in California, it's, 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 it's not necessarily there. So the divide of what homes, how much supply there is, there's no supply. I've got a friend and this is, this might get a little racy. Let's see if I can figure out how not to do this. I've got two friends who are realtors. One is Caucasian and one is Asian and the Asian background. She's doing better than the Caucasian because the people who are moving to the Bay area, a lot of them are from Asia and she's out there at open houses on a regular basis, hustling for any sort of business. And a lot of people do business with people that look like them. Um, which is fascinating to think about that ethnicity is driving the housing market at this point in time or the survival of realtors, survival of realtors. There's no inventory here in Houston. There's nothing but inventory. If I was a real estate agent, I'd be like moving my family to Houston right now. Anyway, Tony Mendez, you can find him at BayAreaLoanSource.com. It's BayAreaLoanSource.com. Is California broken like Mark Dannon thinks, or is he just broken? Find me online at Rob Black Show. Find Tony Mendez at BayAreaLoanSource.com. It's BayAreaLoanSource.com. Will you move if you lose your tax deduction on your home? There's a lot going on. Want the podcast with music? Find the link to the other version of the podcast by going to Rob Black's Twitter. His handle is at Rob Black Show. Listen to Rob Black and Your Money weekday mornings, 7 to 9 on AM 1220 KDOW. Is this Lincoln Park? Weezer. Ah, got a little bit of a Chester Bennington sound to him. Little bit. I don't know if anyone else picking up on that. I believe in cathartic anger. I totally 100 believe in cathartic anger. Oh, there's a lot going on today. There's a lot going on, as David Letterman once said. And it's tough to make sense of it. Loan limits. Fannie Mae and Freddie Mac have increased the conforming loan limits for a second time in two years. Um... Why do we care about that, Tony? Well, you live in the Bay Area, and you look at the median home price. For example, Alameda County, you could roughly say it's between seven eighty and 800000 You put 20% down, you're still over the conforming limit. So the, the, raising the conforming limits for what they call high-dollar areas and market statistic areas um, give people the opportunity to use a Fannie Mae or Freddie Mac loan, which has better guidelines. And you can have better guidelines, easier, easier guidelines. Uh, You don't have to have huge like jumbo. If you want to avoid a jumbo loan is is essentially what we're trying to say here. And the the fact that these loan limits went up can put more people into the Fannie Mae and Freddie Mac products for the industry. This in the the conforming limit, which is was four hundred twenty four thousand. That went up six point nine percent. That's going to help people out in the Stockton's and the Tracy's and so on, and, and help them qualify a little bit higher than they would if they were to stick with a jumbo. So many years ago, I owned a company called Mercury Capital Management. And Mercury Capital Management, I came up with that name because it was kind of tr- trick people. When I was on radio and television, it tricked people. It, Mercury Capital, you know, God of Speed or whatever. It, it, it sounded bigger than it was. It sounded like it had nice pillars, but it was basically a back office kind of, kind of business. It was run out of a multi-office platform. And I, I came up with that because it was kind of interesting to me to use a name to trick people. I'm looking at these loan limits and I'm wondering to myself out loud, like, um, I don't know. 
using a double-edged sword type of thing? Is it a smokescreen? What What do you think? It's not a smokescreen. It's just how easy is it to work with? Like, okay, this is what I'm trying to get at with Fannie Mae and Freddie Mac. Do you remember in 2000, in 1999, I owned this company, investment management company, Mercury Capital Management. And someone came to me and said, if I give you $10,000 more, can you double it in six months? I'm like, I didn't, the F word didn't come out of my mouth, but it was in my head. And I was like, I need to get out of this business. I need to, you know, do something. I need more financial planning. That's when I started partnering with Chad Burton, CFP Chad Burton, New Focus Financial, uh, because I, I thought financial planning was going to be bigger than stock picking. Have things changed with Fannie Mae and Freddie Mac? Because you said things have gotten easier. Do you remember when they were too easy? Like, you still remember that, right? When getting well, a loan, it, you, you probably were able to, like, do a loan in, like, five days, three it's, days? It's relative to what other products are out there. The, the, the Fannie Mae and Freddie Mac gives you the best rates, period. Unless right. you're a veteran, which, by the way, is the best product on the market. For those veterans out there, if you're not using your 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 eligibility, it it is the best product out there. Fannie Mae and Freddie Mac is the next best step. Right. All right. So it's the goal of everybody. They do about 86% of the loans in the United States. Okay. And everybody else makes out the rest. So that's why you want to use them. They have, uh, they, they, and it's, it is relative to what you are seeing else out there. Now they are harder than they used to be. And they put a lot more restrictions on lenders and that that's the lenders that sell to Fannie Mae and Freddie Mac, um, have things like buyback rules. So they're going to impose their rules against uh, that loan. So you worked in the mortgage industry a long time. Yeah. Is it too easy to get a loan? Yes. It, does it take too long it, to get a if loan? You were willing to pay a high, long? If you're willing to pay a higher rate, it's pretty easy to get a loan. Okay. Anybody, here's here's my, my, my saying in the industry. Anybody, everybody qualifies for a loan. What's the loan amount? That's the ticket. It could be a dollar. That's the ticket. Yeah. That's, who said John, that? Who's uh, said John, that? John Lovitz. Yeah, that's the ticket. That's hilarious. Um, I don't know how that came out, but uh, so everybody qualifies. So, you just want to be in the best product and you want to be in the safest product now. Um, and that's why you're in business because I, I hate this. I hate uh, talking about it. I hate loan limits. I hate Fanny's easier than Freddie. Freddie's easier than farmers and yeah, Andy Mac. And like, well, the, the story here is that more people will qualify for the better loan product as opposed to getting into a jumbo. Oh, that's good. And, and that's ultimately what it is. Um, and it has everything to do. Like you can take more cash out. You don't have to have as many reserves. You can have uh, shorter wait periods on, on fi- uh, credit events and things like that. So it, it opens the door for a lot more people. And it does, it really is aimed for places like the Bay area, LA's, the Chicago's, New York's, Washington DC's and so on that have these high dollar limits. I'm sorry, high, high priced homes and you, 20% down puts, still puts you in a jumbo loan and you don't, you can't qualify. And then you have to go to some sort of portfolio loan where you end up with a much higher rate. So this is helping a lot more people as far as affordability. That's all this really where the story goes here. You know, I, I was just doing a story earlier in this week and I'm telling you, I hate talking mortgages. I, it stresses me out and to do like a, a refinance, it stresses me out to get the paperwork. When you say, I need this, 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 and this, I'm like, I don't want to do that. Um, I did a story earlier this week about millennials, and it was pretty fascinating in the sense that there's older millennials and there's younger millennials. And the younger millennials are in better shape than the older millennials because the older millennials came out of college 10 years ago when there was a recession. So they basically had to work at McDonald's. They basically had to work at Business Insider as a writer, making whatever money they could. So their resume is all messed up. When they go get a job, people are like, why did you work at McDonald's after college? 
Uh, whereas the younger millennials are, if they're in a healthier job market, so they're able to get the job that they want out of the job market. What are you seeing as far as millennials go in mortgage products? And what do they bring to the table? Are they like. Well, you could say something like these loan limits would, would help, but you know, there's always been FHA, which is really what they call a, the affordable loan program that's been there since the 30s, um, maybe the 40s. But the. NVAs out there, but millennial low down payment products is really what uh, a millennial would be looking for. But it still comes down to the math of whether or not they qualify for that the the, the tax payment, the insurance, the the mortgage payment. Does that all fit in? Then you have to carry out any student debt, car loans, and so on. And then you have things called like payment shock, and 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 there's many ways you can get declined. So not a lot, not every millennial is going to fit into one of these Fannie Mae or Freddie Mac products or FHA and so on. But the the saying in, in our industry is that products drive real estate. And the more products that are out there, the more real estate people can 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 qualify for. And this is just one extra step towards the larger picture of affordability. And that's what it comes down to. It's it's not spe- specific towards a millennial. And millennials have their 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 issues. They they've run up some debt. Their credit uh, their credit student debt student debt and other debt. But th- their credit is slowly improving, but still below the you know a, a generation X or so on. And definitely baby boomers, which which are are leading the pack as far as assets and home price and. Um, and credit scores and things like that, they're, they're, they're just not going to compete. In a place like California where there's no limited affordable housing, um, and then you have investors who, are, who snarfed up all of the properties back in 2010 to 2014, and they, they're not going to sell these properties because they're getting more better rate of return than they would in the stock market. I know who I'm arguing with, so I'm not going to really. I'm going to stock keep it up twenty percent. I know. Year. I'm just going to stop it there. But they have an asset that's that they're they're they have cash flow. Their home prices are right. going up. So why would they dump their properties and they can just keep increasing rents because people keep coming here for the jobs. So, and, and unless the jobs disappear, we're we're, we're not going to change much for the the millennials. Millennials. I'm sorry are, to say that. Millennials are opting to move to Riverside, California, over San Francisco, California. Millennials are moving to San Antonio, Texas. Seattle's up 12.9% this year because you can buy a house 50% lower than you can here, and your income's only 15% lower. Millennial population is declining in San Francisco and San Jose and Milwaukee and big cities. Do you remember you and I used to live on the East Coast, and the Capital Center was in Landover, Maryland, and there was nothing in Landover, Maryland. It was just in the middle of, uh, it was halfway up the state of Maryland. You had to leave Virginia to get yep. to Maryland, and it was the Washington Capitals. And you're like, Washington? Yep. Now it's got the largest NFL stadium in the United States. Right. And it's a and that was town. made 20 years ago. Yep. If they were to build that football stadium today, where would they put it? <sighs> they would put it right back on the river at RFK, yep. because that's where everyone wants to be. Yep. Um, where the original RFK was, uh, it ultimately became Jack Kent Cook, and then became whatever it is, FedEx Field or something like that with naming rights. But I think some things are cyclical, and I think we sh- we need to watch the millennials because I want a millennial to buy my house at some point in time, or to at least be able to afford my house. Is the, that's where it, it turns into a kicker, and that's where these loan limits become kind of a big deal um, because my home has gone up so much in value. It's it's ridiculous. I think the one thing I would tell, well, a couple things I would tell millennials if they were looking to buy a house is <laughs> one, work on your debt, two, work on your credit. And three, dual income. That's almost every millennial that we see today is a dual income. So that doesn't mean two jobs. It means two people. 
or your, more. Your brother has kids who are entering the job market. And where are they entering the job market? Smaller uh, second tier cities. Second tier cities. Yep. So if you were in, in Raleigh's, if the, you were an investor Charleston's. or if you were thinking about where the movement's going to be, it's the Raleigh's, it's the Charleston's. And here in the East Coast, on the West Coast, it's the Seattle's, the Portland's, the, the Reno's, the Vegas, the Santa Fe, Scottsdale's, and so on. Little Lincoln Park. Thank you so much. <laughs> I love Lincoln Park. And when I'm in a really like bad mood, his cathartic anger helps me. Because I have cathartic anger. I'm Rob Black, talking all things financial. It's Tony Mendez. You can find him at BayAreaLoanSource.com. He can help you or your millennial get a mortgage. Find him at BayAreaLoanSource.com. Don't forget, there's another hour of today's show to listen to. Find it now at KDOW.biz or on the KDOW radio app. I'm Rob Black, talking money, investing, and more. Thanks for listening to the show. I've got a webinar coming up. You can sign up for it at robblackshow.com. It's Rob Black Show, whether it's a webinar or a seminar. Always use the code RADIO25 to get in for free. That's out there. Uh, Tony Mendez, Bay Area Land Source, is a good friend of mine from the East Coast, and he does mortgages. And when I moved to California 20 years ago, roughly, I saw that there was a lot of mortgage lenders who were throwing out half a million dollars, $1 million, a little bit too easily. And people's thoughts and expectations, which I was trying to get to in the last segment, was, was it's too easy to make money in real estate or the stock market. And it becomes kind of a, a mindset for what I'm going to say. Let's not think about it. Let's get, let's get apathetic. And the stock market keeps hitting new highs on a regular basis. And I'm apathetic about it. I look at my, my net worth at lunch. I'm like, woohoo! Um, working with financial planner, they kind of like bring you back down to the world. And you're like, when you turn 70 and you go into a home, it's going to cost you a hundred thousand dollars a year. And you're like, woo, I hit an all time high today. And you don't think about 20 years from now or 30 years from now. Um, so you and I just had the same exact story. I didn't know we had the same exact story. I moved to California 20 years ago, essentially for a job. And there was a girl waiting for me. And I remember I landed Yes, I landed because I, I flew JetBlue with KitKat <laughs> and KitKat's in her little KitKat box. And I, I guess I got a rental car. Yes, because I shipped my truck across the country. On a, JetBlue would have flown into Oakland. Right. So I, I land in Oakland. I go up 880 and I'm like, this is the worst place in the world. 880 is trash. And like, I didn't do my homework. I'm in trouble. I'm in over my head. But there's a girl and a cat. That's all I needed. And then I got to Marin. And I was like, ah, and I kind of relaxed. Um, but there's that kind of mentality, I think, right now, where a lot of people are saying this, the quality of life is going down while the jobs are awesome here. But the quality of life is going down. And whether you're a teacher or you're a mortgage lender or you're an investor, the quality of life seems to be going down on a lot of levels. Um, but you know when I moved here? It was in 2000-ish. And it rained for like 40 out of the first 45 days. And I'm like, I moved to the, I basically moved to Seattle or Portland yeah. and I hated it. Then I grew to love it. Cause I learned you're 30 minutes from the ocean. You're four hours from gorgeous mountains. You're it's, it's pretty good location. When it rains in San Francisco, it snows in Tahoe became a phrase in my head that year as I would escape to Tahoe when it was raining. Yeah. I it, just, to- it seems like that more people, at least my thought is that, I'm thinking more about the downside of living here than the upside of living here. Uh, when I first moved here, I was thinking about the upside. Um, you know, the 30 minutes to the beach, the Tahoes, the, 
um, the sailing that I like doing and, and, and so on. And now I'm thinking a little bit more about the, the, the anxieties and the, the pressures and the traffic and the money, uh, house price, home prices. Um, you know, what's the future of my business where inventory is so low and nobody's refinancing because they've already got a great rate and rates are going to stay the same for a while. What does that mean? Um, who's buying homes? It, you know, the pressures are there and, um, grass can't, su- supply of, of real estate has dropped 40% since last November, in the San Jose metropolitan area. Yep. What are realtors doing? Yep. And like I said a little earlier, I have a Caucasian realtor friend and I've got an Asian realtor friend and the Asians doing much better because the buyers are more so, Asian than Caucasian. Have you, um, that's going to be a bumper sticker, more Asian than Caucasian. That's going to be the name of my band. <laughs> Uh, one of the new trends that realtors, one of the new trends that realtors are uh, are doing, they're sending so they get a, a buyer, yeah, and you know they say, well, okay, there's limited inventory, but what we're going to do is put a, together a great flyer. It's going to have your picture on it. It's going to say why you move. It's a motivation letter type of thing. Right. Um, you're pre-approved at this amount. We'd like to buy your house, and you send it to this neighborhood that you right. or neighborhoods. Right. Uh, that's so. That's so. The story here is that realtors are have to get more creative. Um, Absolutely. I've got a realtor that I'm working with in Santa Barbara because I, I want that escape house, that getaway home. And she did exactly that. She goes, Rob and his family want to move to Santa Barbara. She sends out a postcard. She found me a family. I met the family. I met the house. I'm like, I could do this. I, I, I met the kids. I said, yeah. I could see my kids there. Their kids are uh, a surfer who gets a, uh, a scholarship to Berkeley, a surfer who started a surf club for other kids who got in in Stanford. So there are two kids go to Stanford or Berkeley. What parent wouldn't be proud of that? And they're going to sell me the house. And I'm totally interested. Um, And then they had Thanksgiving. They don't see themselves not living in that house. But see, for them, they wanted the cash now because their kids are in college so that they can downsize with cash and not try to do a contingent offer based on selling this place, based on buying that place. They would have the cash. So a, a realtors are starting to get very creative. I thought that was very creatively done. Yeah, I, I, I admire a realtor that does extra steps like that. Um, and they need to uh, in this kind of market. The, a lot of people are hanging on their houses. A lot of people are saying, where are we going to move? What's my incentive to move? Um, and that doesn't necessarily mean we're you know the right price, $100,000 over asking or more. Um, it means where are we going to move? Where's that... Oh. Uh, you came up with some ski town ideas for people and you yeah. can send out that email to people. If people want to drop you an email, if they can find you at Bay area loan source.com. Yeah, one of the ideas here is, is that the, you know, there are places in the United States where people want to move and ski towns are one of them. It's a, um, I, I would call them second tier ski towns. I think it's a great list on that list. Jackson hole, average home, 1.4 million. <clears throat> Tell your ride 1.2 million. <clears throat> and then I'm like white fish and Bozeman. Never heard of. I've never heard of, you can but ski they're there, affordable yep. and you can ski the and that's Santa all Fe's. some people need. Yep. It's Tony Mendez. You can find him at com. That's com. Thanks for listening, everyone. I wildly, wildly appreciate it. It is the greatest job on the planet to be a facilitator of information to you. Have a nice day and relax and chill and listen to some Lincoln Park. Three-star general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. 
The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.